Well, we are in the middle of a series called Unseen Power, and in this series we have been looking at how the Holy Spirit, uh, how He plays a role in us living out these lives of faith. And, and so far in these weeks that we've covered so far in this series, we've been doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of foundational stuff about the Spirit. We talked about how the Spirit was the third part of the Trinity, who we really don't often talk about, we don't understand and know a whole lot about it, so... Um, we kind of started with that. Then we then talked about how the old, how the Holy Spirit, um, how he how he acted in the Old Testament, what he did in the Old Testament, and then we talked about how he was poured out on the Jewish believers on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, and then last week we talked about how he was also poured out on the Gentiles. How it, really this was God's plan from the very beginning of how he was going to reach the entire world and rescue them from the kingdom of darkness, and it was all through what the Spirit of God was doing. So it's pretty awesome. Well, today we're going to still be doing some foundational stuff, but it's going to be kind of a transitional week in the fact that we're going to be looking at exactly what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer as he or she begins this journey of following Christ. Um, What technically is the role of the Spirit in the initial stages of a person's walk with God? And then from this day on, from the Sundays going on in the series, we're going to be looking at what the Holy Spirit's role is in our everyday lives. Okay, so And I'm excited about the, the future weeks as well. So to begin with today, we're going to kind of start on kind of a low note, kind of a, a down, uh, dark tone. Um, and it's not the best way to start a sermon, but we kind of need to do that this morning. Uh, and to, the topic we're going to kind of start talking about is, is sin. Um, and talk about the effects of sin, not only for us personally, but just really for the entire world. I'm uh, not sure if you've ever thought about this before, but every bad and every horrible thing we see and experience in this world is due in part to sin. Sin is the cause of all the suffering, all the pain, all the devastation, all the ruin, all the chaos, all the poverty, all, all, all the wars, all the sicknesses, all the death in this world is caused by sin. Sin is the cause of all of it. And, and, and we can blame sin for the mess that we see in this world. Romans put it, puts it really quite simply. It says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. The outcome of sin is death. The penalty of sin is death. The end result of it all is, is death. And guys, there is no getting around that. That is a solid biblical truth, principle. And when you think about it, the amount of sin in this world that is happening and and seemingly growing exponentially day in and day out, it is no wonder we see the devastation we do on this planet. It's horrifying. And it's sin. It comes from sin. Death entered into this world because of sin. Here's another verse in Romans that says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way death came to all men because all sinned. And you know what, guys? What's so sad about that is that what God created for human beings all got ruined because of sin. I mean, mankind was the apex of God's creation. Mankind was created for glory. Mankind was created in the image of God, created to reflect God's glory on on this earth. 
And that's what we were created for. Think about that. You know, I've, I've mentioned this before, but glory is many things, but one thing that glory is for certain is its light. Glory is light. It's effulgent energy. Beautiful, glorious light. That's what glory is. And God is full of glory. It says in Scripture that He dwells in unapproachable light. He's called the Father of light. He, his kingdom is called the kingdom of light. Glory is light. And mankind was created for glory. Okay? To shine forth the glory of God. Much like Jesus did when He was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember when He shined forth the glory there? We were created for that. But sin messed that all up. It also says in Romans this, this is a very familiar verse. For all have sinned, and say it with me, fallen short of the glory of God. Now those two words, fallen short, in the Greek mean deficient of. Sin cuts off the glory. Sin causes us to be deficient of glory. It's kind of like this, if you, if you picture this, that this is, this is God here, and God is light. His kingdom is a kingdom of light, and He, he shines out. Now this is, this is way, this pales in comparison to God. His glory is a trillion, zillion times greater than this. If we saw Him in all His glory, we would melt like wax before the Lord. But let's just picture that this is God and His light, and He created mankind in His image, and we were spiritually connected to Him to, to shine forth His glory. And this is who we are. We were created in His image to reflect God's glory. But you know the story. Adam and Eve chose to sin, and when they chose to sin, they got disconnected spiritually from God, and we lost our glory. We lost our ability to shine. Now, here's a little extra on that just for us to see. But if this is Adam, and we're all descendants of Adam, if we're all born from Adam and he was disconnected, then what's true of us? We're disconnected. We're not plugged in to our source here. Now, there's a term for that what I just said about being disconnected from God, there's a description for when someone is disconnected from God, and it's simply this. It's spiritually dead. Physically, we might be alive, but we are spiritually dead. Disconnected from our life-giving source. Because we're disconnected from, from, from God. God is the giver of life. He's the source of life. And, and if we are disconnected from Him, then we are dead. It doesn't matter how good-looking you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter anything. If you're disconnected from God, you are spiritually dead. Just like it doesn't matter how we decorated this light bulb or if we hung earrings on it or put it in a nice little china cabinet. If it's not connected to there, it's a dead light bulb. It can't shine forth glory. It can't shine forth light. It's deficient of it. So we must understand that, that humans disconnected from God are spiritually dead, and sin is what keeps us disconnected. We're strangers to Him. The Scriptures tell us that we are enemies to Him. We're, we are part of the kingdom of darkness, and we're full of death. And that's the cold, hard truth that we must understand that sin brings on all of us. And because of sin, this world was a dark, dark, dark place. 
But that was all about the change. And here's where the story starts to turn the other direction and finally get good. This is where hope starts to come into the story because there is hope for this dark, dark world. God sent His Son. The second part of the Trinity, His Son Jesus, into this world to start shining His light. And you all know the story. But I want to read to you from John chapter 1. You can turn there if you want, but really I just want you to listen to it and soak up what the this passage is saying but this is talking about what we've already been talking about now it says in the beginning was the word now it's john is talking about jesus here okay in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word what was god remember jesus and god the father are one we talked about this on for, on the first week he was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. This is talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. John wasn't the light. He came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Jesus was coming to the world. This is the hope that this world had. Now notice how Jesus is called light numerous times in this passage. And why is he called light? Here's why. Because he and the Father are one. The glory of God flowed through him. The light of God's glory flowed through him unrestrained, so of course he was called light. I just mentioned it earlier, but remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, for those of you who don't know the story, Jesus took three of his closest disciples up on top of this mountain, and all of a sudden a cloud descended on the mountain. And it says, all of a sudden, Jesus began to shine like the sun, so much so that Peter, James, and John couldn't even look at him. He began to shine forth in all of this glory. You know what Jesus was doing right there? He was revealing his true self, but for just a short moment. While he walked this earth, he had to keep that glory somewhat veiled, or else people wouldn't be able to look at him. But he was light. Light had come into the world and began to shine. And everywhere Jesus went, he shined. It's a little bit like this. While Jesus walked around the earth, he, you know, he would go to this town, he'd shine God's light. He'd go to this town, he'd shine God's light. Everywhere he was going, he was shining the light of God. God was working through him and shining through him. The activity of God was clearly evident in everything that he did. He healed, he taught, he cast out demons, he performed miracles. God's activity was evident. His light was shining. The unseen kingdom of God was flowing through him in such a way that people could see the kingdom of God. They could see the activity of God. And how could Jesus do this? Because he was spiritually alive. He was connected to the source. The Spirit of God animated him so powerfully that he went forth in the power of God and did what he did. Like in those verses we read last week where Peter was talking to Cornelius. He says this. He goes, you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how He went around doing good. 
and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with them. And everybody saw Jesus do this. They witnessed this. Now, we all know this. We've heard this story before. But what does this have to do with us? How does this impact us? Well, Jesus showed us how a human being is actually supposed to live. We talked about this last, last year. We talked about how Jesus came to this earth and he came to show us how a human being is actually supposed to live by the power of the Holy Spirit. How a human being can actually live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross through his death and his burial and his resurrection, he paid the penalty for sin. Remember that verse, the wages of sin is death? Well, Jesus paid for it on the cross. He died, so he paid that penalty. The sin of the world had been paid for. Your sins had been paid for. And then after his resurrection, he ascended up into heaven, and as he promised his disciples, He poured out His Holy Spirit on all those who believed. Remember the passage we talked about where He says, whoever believes in Me, as the Scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within Him. By this, He meant the Spirit whom those who believed in Him would later receive. Those who would believe on Him would receive the Spirit. And guys, that's exactly what happened. Now, think of the power of that. Think of the beauty of that. Think of of the wisdom of God in that. Because while Jesus was on this earth, there was one man, one human being, walking around this earth with the Holy Spirit in him. The Holy Spirit empowering him to do the work of God. One man. But when Jesus ascended up to heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit down to fill all the believers, suddenly how many people were there? Thousands and thousands. I wish I could set this up to where there'd be cords all over the place, where there'd just be light everywhere, where people are going around doing the activity of God, all through the Spirit empowering them. Now, no wonder why Jesus said, it is better that I leave and go and send the Spirit. Because if He would have stayed, it'd just been one man. But when He went, there were thousands and millions. Men, women, Jews, Gentiles, all filled with the Holy Spirit, continuing the work that Jesus began. Well, guess what? Those of us who believe in Jesus have received that same promise. Those who believe in Jesus have received that very same Spirit. We have the same Spirit that Jesus had in the early church had. He is in us. And that's what I want us to see right now. I want us to know that He has been poured out on us. And and, and I want us to see what has been accomplished by Him being poured out on us. And the word I want us to walk away with today, I know it's kind of a big, fancy, spiritual Christian word, but it's a very powerful word, and it's actually easy to understand. But here's the word. It's regeneration. Regeneration. Some people like to use born again. I personally like regeneration. I think that's such a powerful word. We have been regenerated. Remember, we were spiritually dead because of our sin. Sin unplugged us from our source. We were unplugged from our source of spiritual life. We were spiritually dead. No sign of life at all. We lived in darkness. We were prisoners of darkness. Just like this light bulb, we were dead. 
We couldn't shine. We couldn't do anything because we were disconnected. But suddenly, we were given the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Jesus went everywhere preaching this gospel and saying that anyone, anyone who would want to be part of the kingdom of God, doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you're old or young, you're man or woman, Jew or Gentile, anyone who wants to be part of the kingdom of God, who wants to be part of the activity of God, you can if you believe in Jesus. If you believe in me, Jesus said. If you follow me. And if you believe in Jesus... We who are dead are made alive. We who were spiritually dead were made spiritually alive. If we believe in Jesus, we're given this brand new, amazing life. Just like it says in Ephesians. Because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, everybody say it with me, made us alive with Christ. Like it says in Colossians. When you were dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, let's say it all together, God made you alive with Christ. And like it also says in the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but say it with me, but have eternal life. So it's very clear that we're given this amazing life within the kingdom of God. But how? Tell me, how can one be part of this awesome, living, glory-filled kingdom of God when one is spiritually dead? Tell me, how is it possible that we who are spiritually dead, unplugged, can be made spiritually alive. How is that possible? Anybody want to take a guess? Through whom? Say it out loud. Through the Holy Spirit, exactly. The Holy Spirit comes and He pours out on us and He re... I should have had the light on. It would have been more dramatic. (laughs) He regenerates us. He enters us and He spiritually enlivens us renews us into brand new spiritual beings. Just like it says in Titus. I love this passage here. He says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, when Jesus appeared, He saved us. Not because of works of righteousness on our part, no, but according to His own mercy. By the washing of, there's that word again, regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. We now, instead of being dead light bulbs, we're infused with the very Spirit of God. He dwells in us. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. The very presence of God dwells within us, Whitestone. Amen? And now, listen to me. And now, because that is the case, we can begin to shine forth the glory of God in our lives. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, I believe I'm spiritually alive, but I'm not really shining forth the glory of God that much. Well, that's these upcoming weeks. We're going to see how that, the Spirit of God plays a part in that. But we are now have the ability, the capacity to shine forth the glory of God in our lives. Remember Moses? I told you this story a couple weeks ago, but Moses, God came to him and said, all right, Moses, anything you want, I'll give it to you. He says, I want to see your glory. 
God says, well, you can't see my glory without dying. He says, but I'll let you see the trail of my glory. So he puts Moses in this cave. He tells him to face the back of the cave. He walks by and he says, all right, Moses, you can look and you'll see the trail of my glory. Well, Moses turns around. He sees the trail of God's glory and got hit with it. And what happened to Moses' face? What did it start doing? It started shining. It started glowing. So much so that when he went down into the Israelite camp, he had to veil himself. He had to put like a cloth around his face to veil himself so that people could actually look at him and talk to him. Well, guess what? That glory that his face was emanating eventually faded. It wore out. But we, on the other hand, don't just see God walk by us. We are literally indwelt by God himself through the Holy Spirit. And unlike Moses, we don't put veils over our faces. We let it shine. We shine forth the glory of God like we were supposed to in the first place. Love what it says in Corinthians. It's talking about this veil that Moses put on. He says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, say it with me, who is the Spirit. The Spirit of God begins to cause us to shine forth the glory of God in our lives. Have you ever known anyone or seen anyone who is so in love with Jesus and living such a holy, righteous life and just running after the Lord in such a way that they actually, in a weird way, glow. They have a light around them. Well, guys, that, that makes sense. Because technically, we are called children of light. We dwell in the kingdom of light. Our God is the Father of light. So, of course, if the Holy Spirit, which is the God of light, dwells within us, we had better shine or glow or at least a little bit. Like on the verse, the verse on the screen behind me, as children of light, we're going to be transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory. It should be ever-increasing in our lives, brighter and brighter. And I says, as I said before, there may be some of us in this room today who says, okay, Luca, I believe that I've been spiritually regenerated. I'm alive, but man, I'm not shining too bright. My light bulb's pretty dirty. And you know, that might be true, but that also is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. We're going to talk about in the weeks to come of what the Spirit does to be able to clean your light bulb so that you shine forth His glory in ever-increasing stages in a dark world that desperately needs to see it. And guys, this all happens because of gen- regeneration. And that's the word I want you to remember this week. Make it personable, personal to your own self. I have been regenerated. I have been made spiritually alive. I am no longer a dead light bulb. I am an alive light bulb. With the Spirit of God dwelling in me, causing me to shine forth God's glory in this dark world. That's what the Spirit of God did in you the moment you believed and put your trust in Jesus Christ and began following Him. You were regenerated. You are now a brand new creation in Christ. And you know what, Whitestone? You have the Holy Spirit to thank for that. Amen?
Remember that this week. Cling to that this week. Meditate on that this week. In fact, I did this for first and second service. I want us to take some moments right now just to meditate on it and to take some time to thank the Holy Spirit for it, that He regenerated you. He made you spiritually alive. So let's just do that right now. Just, just be quiet. I know it might seem weird, but close your eyes and just be quiet and take some time to think about the, the awesome power that you are now spiritually alive. You are an alive light bulb with the capacity to shine and just thank the Spirit for it. Holy Spirit, I just want to thank You this morning. Thank You that, that You have done the amazing work of grace in our lives to make us become spiritually alive. That You have, that you have filled us with Your spiritual power to where we are now, we can now have the capacity to shine forth the glory of God like we were once first created. God, I pray that we might submit ourselves to You, to Your working in our, our lives, Holy Spirit, to let You clean our light bulbs so that your more light may shine forth. Teach us. Train us. And may we become a church, a part of the body of Christ that plunders the kingdom of darkness with your light. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.